Yeah, you're, you're receiving a, a full-length uh, audiovisual NFT. It's an additioned song and album art, animated album art. Again, we're trying to make music collectible and use the technology that's available to, to do it in a novel way. Some of the things that like, I got really excited about is once you own this, this song, this relic, you're now a part of the artist's story and journey because of the way we've developed the rarity system. Uh, it's what we call dynamic rarity. It means that as the song performs in the real world, if it starts to pop off, you'll start to see the rarity, the gemstone rarity of your NFT also grow with the way the song is performing in the real life uh, based upon the algorithm we have of, of all the data we get from, you know, stream data, sales data, you know, radio play data, all that data comes in and then it'll, the rarity itself will update. So I think this is really important to kind of wrap your head around because it turns the fan into like an A&R, like a tastemaker. They're taking a bet on an artist where generally, you know, as an artist grows, it's hard to really say like, have they really, have they hit a new metric? Have they hit a new milestone in their career? Well, in this case, it, it's very clear and obvious and it's on chain. So you can see like, well, you purchased it back in October. You now know by, you know, February of the next year that, you know, this, this song has popped off and, and you were right. You, you had, you made a call on the artist calling the song. So that's one thing that I'm excited about on the, uh, the relics uh, innovation. Talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your host for tonight's podcast are Tyler. Larry and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Hey, everybody. Quick disclaimer before we hop into the episode. Uh, you'll hear us referring to Friday as the mint day for relics throughout this episode, but it looks like they ran into an issue right before launch with the burn mechanic. So this is a, a little statement from the relics team. This issue was preventing some wallets from not having their ticket accepted and not discovered during their QA and testing process. They tried to fix it prior to the 7 p.m. drop time but felt it unsafe to launch without more time to test the fix. So they didn't think it was fair to release it without it working 100% fixed and safely tested. So they have to redeploy the smart contract, retest, and give everybody a fair heads up on when they're going to do the launch. So they don't want to commit to a new date until they've had time to fully test the solution. So it shouldn't be too difficult, they said. They're, they're going to be ready for the launch soon. So on Monday, they're going to run more tests, which is probably the time you're listening to this episode. And so the new uh, date for minting will be in the next couple of days. So actually, you guys lucked out. You get to learn about this project and you didn't miss the mint at all. So be on the lookout, get your ticket on OpenSea or on Nifty Gateway and be ready for the announcement for the mint date. Enjoy the episode with Darlington. Yo. What's yo. up? What up, guys? Mike yo. and Mike. Yo, yo. What's good, dude? What up, my guy? Dude, this is the- crazy. This is the first time I've like ever actually seen your face before like it's just been over been over twitter the whole time but i feel like i've known you for like a year and a half i don't know how we didn't link up at like nft nyc or anything like that i don't know how we missed that um congratulations on the announcement of the next uh the next drop i just saw that one in my oh, email fucking stoked yeah. it's been like a year and a half i think wow since, since i've done like a nifty drop you know so should be good 
Well, I've, I've done I've done a few in that time period. They've they've definitely improved in a in a bunch of areas uh, from a customer service and drop mechanics and whatnot. So you, you're you're in good hands. Yeah, yeah, Darlington, you are Nifty Gateway OG, one of the original names I remember seeing on like all the drops, getting those sixty nines. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've I think I have the full collection still. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, I, that was that was an amazing time. I think my first mints ever were uh, people's politics is bullshit, and then Mike's uh, Mona Sativa. I think were my two first first couple of mints. So I started off with you know in good hands. <laughs> Mona Corona too, right? Yeah, and Mona Mona Corona, the uh, the Grail, the Grail piece. <laughs> that one's sick, dude. Moco, as Tyler would call it. <laughs> I just came up with that name five seconds ago. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like it. it. I didn't like it. Larry hated it. <laughs> so, no. so what's the, what's the format here, guys? How do you want to do this? We record from the jump. We're, you're already on the podcast right now. So we just kind of roll. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Well done. Yeah. No really intro. They can read who's on here. It's Starlington. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you for format is literally just chilling. Like there is no format, basically. Format's no format. Format takes... <laughs> Take a couple shots and just get on the air. Exactly. I'm into that. For people that don't um, yeah. know, you are the CEO of Monster Cat. Yeah. So, do you want to like lay down a little bit of backstory around like starting up that label? Yeah, it's been a it's been close to 11 years now. Um, it started with the intention of bringing together a bunch of young producers uh, and using social media and uh, developing community around those producers. Uh, that kind of concept 11 years ago really just stuck through uh, throughout the years around building community, uh, using new new forms of innovation uh, to to get their music heard. Um, we've really kind of kept to that since day one. It, it would seem like that, um, you know, kind of what you guys work by is is seamless to like what the NFT, you know, space that we are in, you know, art focused is in terms of like a mantra and, and how you know, it's really kind of community based in terms of monster cat. What was your like moment that was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm starting this group. This is something that I need to do. This is kind of like something I need to actually see through. You know, these are a group of guys that, you know, I used to play video games with, like we'd all get together and play Dota and, and, you know, Minecraft and other games together and, and uh, counter-strike. And I, and I could see the struggles they were going through. You know, I was the only, I was actually the only non-musician out of this like group of friends and I'd hear their, their, their issues and like, they complain a lot to be to be honest and there's a lot to complain about about the music industry i don't blame them for that and i would sit there on these calls being like this is messed up like i don't understand why it's this way and i had no music background uh, or industry background i was like hey cool like you guys complain a lot we might as well just do it together and and, and figure out a way to do it in a new and uh, a novel way um but at that point you know everything was novel like i didn't know what i was doing no one knew what we were doing we were just kind of having fun with it it's kind of why this like, you know, NFTs right now feel so exciting because again, nobody knows what they're doing. You can talk to the, the biggest expert in the space and they say, this is the OG. They know everything. I talk to them. Like, no, fuck, no fucking clue. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're just, they're running by the, you know, by the edge of their seat as well and just trying to be innovative and, and try to do things differently. So I think that's why this like this energy has been so contagious is because it reminds me of the early days where I didn't know anything. Uh, all I knew is that like we could do it better and, and hopefully we could build something unique. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not easy being an artist and, you know, like seeing their struggle, the musician struggle, I like feel like that was kind of the same for, for digital artists until NFTs came along. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of like parallel there. 
Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's how do you find out about NFTs? Like you were so early to the space to me, like, you know, you were kind of one of the first people that I spoke with originally with NFTs and that must've been, you know, like almost two years ago at this point. Yeah. I I think I might've been dabbling, you know, mid 2020. uh, But I think really I was like September, October was when I, you know, activated uh the way i found out about it we i remember that we were kind of in a period where the musicians were coming forward being like yo we're we're in a bad place because of covid like it was right when like all the festivals and all the shows were getting shut down all at once Uh, because up until that point it was kind of like covid's not a real thing like we'll be over in a couple months and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit this is very real uh my livelihood's flipped upside down so those those calls started coming in more often and that was when I started to kind of look out there to find out, you know, what's what's something new we can do here? Is there any is there any new opportunity to make up for that, you know, the loss that had come from the live event side? So that that kind of hunger to find something new is what uh, it actually is what got me to reach out to Justin Blau and be like, dude, like, what are like, what are you doing? I keep seeing these 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 tweets and these. I'm like, what is this? So he he and uh, the guys from Space Yacht definitely red pilled me really early on kind of explained their vision um i don't think at that point anybody understood what it could mean for music yet it was very much like this is like a way for art to artists to kind of come together and and music can be a part of that that kind of story but they didn't really know the answer uh so it it was just that was kind of the entry point of you know discovery was was via those guys Really cool. Yeah. All leads back to Justin Blau, huh? Always leads back to Justin. In some way, <laughs> somehow, all roads point back to Justin. <laughs> yeah, for me too, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's been on the, uh, you know, the crypto web three game long before most people were. I think that's the thing that, you know, he, he doesn't always get the credit for in the conversation. It's like, yeah, these big sales, these big projects. Like, it's like, well, you have to remember, he was, he was grinding for years. And when yeah. people were thought he was out of his fucking mind. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. the reason he has the, the understanding and the relationships is, is because he put in the time and effort to, to really, you know, learn and, and, and build. So hopefully this next you know, generation that's kind of coming in right now is, is going to realize that it takes, it does take some time. Um, Absolutely. So, so from that time, like, like when you're talking to Justin and in, in kind of fishing around the NFT space, given you know, the landscape of music, was it like a personal like conviction on NFTs and kind of what te- the technology could do before you like brought it to the company and to the label or what was kind of the discussions internally? How did, how did you bring that to the table? Yeah, uh, I definitely think it was a bit of personal dabbling with like a couple uh, team members who have always been very like open to new technology and open to trying new things. It took, it took a while to kind of you know, convince the rest of the senior leadership and, and marketing teams and whatnot to be like, this is a thing. Uh, they weren't, they weren't as quick, but uh, yeah, definitely tested on myself first. Uh, and then I started to look to see the options for the, for the brand itself. Um, but again, it, it, we didn't know what we wanted to do. It took, it took a while to, and we tried some projects and, and we had some good success, but the reality was we were like still looking for that that answer to the, the problem that we initially identified, which was our musicians are in trouble. You know, what, what are we going to do to make up for that? And there's no amount of these like one-off big collaboration drops. that's going to solve the, the overarching issue that's affecting all of them. It, it's only, it, those things would solve the problem for one or two guys at a time. But, you know, we, we definitely had to look at this a bit more holistically um, of how we can, you know, bring NFTs to the music industry as a whole. 
I remember the um, the origins drop with Glass Crane. Giant Swan. Giant Swan. You're right. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I actually owned uh, the end as the beginning. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, because when I first heard of Monster Cat, I actually thought you guys were more into video games because of that NFT. Like, what is the, the crossover there? Yeah, amazing question. Uh, I would say we are, at this point, as much in the gaming industry as we are in the music industry, just because of how we've developed uh, our brand and our roster um, and our partnerships have been so heavily inspired by, by video gaming, uh, as well as the people we grew with. You have to remember when we first started developing the brand and the label, we had a lot of early success on YouTube and Twitch, you know, getting placed into uh, video content. Um, that introduced us to some of the biggest like Twitch streamers and, and YouTubers, which got us into um, some of the different uh, esports organizations and leagues, which got us then into the developers and publisher circles. Like we kind of worked our way up the, the pipeline to the point where, you know, now we're doing deals with, you know, Rocket League, Fortnite, Roblox, Beat Saber. Like we're working with some of the biggest games on the planet or we have worked with some of the biggest games on the planet. And that came from that long journey of kind of grinding through the video gaming industry. So it's, it's kind of, again, why NFTs are so fun because it's such a crossover of music art, gaming, entertainment, game theory itself, uh, it, it all kind of amalgamates into, into this one, you know, fun <laughs> place to be. And I, I think the, the idols and stuff that you guys are releasing now for the relics, like, I think that plays a big role in the game theory. So the way you guys rolled out, like the different tiers of whitelist and like how this project is coming to a head is really cool. And I haven't really seen this approach for many projects. I appreciate that. I, I, I do believe that we've done some things, you know, hopefully novel. I also recognize that by being a collector for what has been now almost two years I, and, and being a DJ and into a bunch of like collectible projects as well, I've, I've got to experience the, the methods that have worked and not worked. And hopefully we can, we can learn from those experiences to create, you know, a, a better first impression for a lot of our fans who a lot of them weren't NFT native. Uh, it's very interesting seeing that we have this now, this new community of like, the NFT Web3 fans that kind of only knew us for that. And then the, the Web2 music fans who were trying to like bridge over and teach and have them kind of cross over in a healthy way, which is again, why we work with Nifty so much is I just think that they have the best on-ramp for a new, for a new user and a new, uh, new Web3, uh, you know, community member. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Just because like, it's, if you've never like set up a wallet before, that's a pretty complicated process to explain to somebody who's never yeah. done. You know, and like who's going to spend an hour out of their day to get access to a drop or something if they, you know, like it's like, oh, I, I can do that another time or something. Like, I don't feel like putting in the effort right now, but you can literally just go on Nifty and, and pay with cash, which is so much easier. I, and I know it would have taken me a lot longer to onboard if it wasn't for that. You know, I didn't have a, a MetaMask immediately. It took a while to understand that. It took a while to understand what like OpenSea was or how to purchase uh, I was exclusively Nifty Gateway for for months, for sure, at the, at the very beginning. Uh, even even try to explain to people like what a seed phrase is, and oh, you can't let anyone know about those words. And if you, <laughs> if you lose those words, you're screwed. Like, uh, you know, it, it's for a new new person coming in the space. They're already like, this is already all insane to me. Exactly. And now you're telling me about all this other stuff that I've never experienced before. I'm used to putting in my email and having a password, and like that that makes sense to me. So. I, I, I know that, you know, we got to create the opportunities for people to learn themselves. We can't force them into, into, you know, coming on. And, and this is kind of a nice way to just get them started, I guess. Yeah. It's such a good entry point. 
And then, you know, like once they, once they take the the red pill, it's like, then that's down the rabbit hole, you know, yeah. then you're setting up your meta masks, figuring out, oh shit, there's thing, these things called gas fees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wait, but if you wanted to do the drop, you have to push fast gas. Okay, what, what does that mean? Okay, but you got to go to your, your meta mask, you got to change to your advanced settings and you enable the advanced settings of what you've done. What is a guai? Like it, it, all of that stuff, just you know, it, 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 like come on, guys. When we say it out loud, it, it's ludicrous. <laughs> like, it is, absolutely. Well, Mike sent us a um, a short video clip of um, some guys that we've seen to do like little comedy skits about buying NFTs, and it was kind of spot on. It does yeah. sound absolutely it, ridiculous when you say it, it out loud. Dead accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got an eight bit dick. What were they talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three point two ETH on OpenSea. <laughs> spot the for, for like dicks you know like from the outside looking in people are buying dicks it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> dicks and apes man yeah what's up with that ape and then and you get people like uh fred fuckrender who now have uh, tattooed the dick on his leg permanently exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was actually one of the most uncomfortable pictures i've seen with richard just sitting next to his the dick on his leg <laughs> the pepe pp is they're calling it he was like yeah. fucking he was like pulling up his boxers a little bit too, which is like even, even weirder. It's like, there's like a dick hang out of his boxers. I feel, I feel like I was there in person for this, actually. I think this was in Vancouver. Yeah, you guys you guys all live pretty close to each other, huh? Yeah, like walking distance. Like uh, all the Manifold guys, uh, Fred, Victor, Beige, you know, we're all like walking distance from each other. That's right. We saw your office. I think when we interviewed Fuckrender, he had just moved there. Yeah, you pointed to your office. He was like, there they oh, are. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah, he goes, I can see Mike taking a shit. <laughs> Doc, thanks, buddy. You doxed us to everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been really good to build this community out here. There, you know, there's a level of of hunger and excitement and and just passion uh, for the creative arts and for you know this this the new industry that I, I'm feeling bubbling here. Maybe it maybe it's like the the good energy that came from Dapper, you know, being one of the first to, to build in the NFT ecosystem and th this is their home. So maybe that's what's working its way out. But like, like every day I seem to meet somebody new who's doing something incredible and they're in Vancouver and they're working and hustling and they're not jaded. Like that's the other thing. I'm not, I'm not finding the, the jadedness from anybody yet, which is, which is great. Yeah. I guess Vancouver kind of is the hub dude. It's like every time I'm on this podcast is we're interviewing another <laughs> Canadian. I say this every time. <laughs> yeah, Bro, no, it, the border, it, it said every every week is somebody new I'm introduced to, and I'm like mind blown of what they're building. So hopefully we can keep it up. I think I think we have something special here, and as long as we keep that camaraderie and that uh, that energy to support each other, that it, it should continue in like a healthy way. For sure, so, I, I um I wanted to go back quickly to um see if you could touch on like. Because when you're doing a project like what you guys are doing with idols and, and relics and everything, like when you're piecing together and like formulating a plan or like a like a roadmap, however you want to put it, like, like what's the mindset and what are those conversations like? Because I'm assuming it's like you, you're watching, you know, you have test cases, you see projects and what they do and, and, and what's good, what's what's bad. And how are those like in the room conversations, I guess? Are they like always changing and adjusting or how do you guys approach that? Yeah, great question. I, I think the thing that's been a challenge is that I've now built a company, you know, 70 staff, you know, multiple directors, multiple departments, divisions, uh, real like hierarchy in place. And then I have to throw all of that knowledge out sometimes in the discussion around like how we're building this in web three, because you just, they're not, 
it's not the same. You got to think a little bit more scrappy, a little bit more like let's take a bit more risk than you might have been able to do with a, you know, a corporate structure that has a, more lines of reporting and red tape and whatnot. So it is a balance of, of what we're seeing in the market, but also what I, I know is important to build a business. Whereas some projects are leading with heavy into this idea of this written roadmap you know, that has no idea what it actually takes to, to build out dev cycles and to, you know, scale up teams and scale up marketing plans. Like I'm seeing these occur. And I'm like, I'd rather not write down all of these things by, by Q1 and this many sales will do this. Cause I know in practice what it actually takes to, to build out an organization, a team. So I think the next year is going to be really interesting as we see these projects that have all exploded that are now like, okay, you've, you've, you've done your sale, you've received our money. What are you now going to do with it? And how, what, what's your team going to look like? And that's going to be the real like uh, test, I think, is, is what can be done. Yeah, it seems yeah. Like, like the most agile groups will be the ones that are, that are surviving. Um, the most like kind of in touch to the ground. And I guess when, when like, what are you actually, as a, as a collector, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, collecting relics, what are you getting in terms, in like, is it, I know we're, we're talking, like, you know, music samples or as a collector, what are you actually you know, when you mint your relic, what do you, what do you get? Yeah, you're, you're receiving a, a full length uh, audio visual NFT. Uh, it's an additioned song and album art, animated album art. Um, again, we're trying to make music collectible and use the technology that's available to, to do it in a novel way. Uh, I think I've, I've spoken about it you know, publicly quite a bit. Some of the things that like, I got really excited about is once you own this, this song, this relic, um, you're now a part of the artist's story and journey because of the way we've developed the rarity system. Uh, it's what we call dynamic rarity. It means that as the song performs in the real world, if it starts to pop off, you'll start to see the rarity, the gemstone rarity of your NFT also grow with the, 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 the way the song is performing in the real life uh, based upon the algorithm we have of, of all the data we get from you know, stream data, sales data, you know, radio play data, all that data comes in. And then it'll the rarity itself will update. So I think this is really important to kind of wrap your head around because it turns the fan into like an A and R, like a tastemaker. They're taking a bet on an artist. Where generally, you know, as an artist grows, it's hard to really say like, have they really have they hit a new metric? Have they hit a new milestone in their career? Well, in this case, it, it's very clear and obvious, and it's on chain. So you can see like, well, you purchased it back in October. You now know by you know February of the next year that you know this the song has popped off, and and you were right. You, you had you made a call on the artist call on the song so that's one thing that i'm excited about on the uh the relics uh innovation i think the other side to kind of mention is that when you say what do you get well you've got this this full-length song audio collect uh, audio visual collectible one of the things that's really important to me is is the integration into gaming play to earn metaverse kind of taking all those years of experience we had as monster cat doing this in the web 2 world with all these web 2 games like what how can we bring music and music licensing now to the Web3 ecosystem, uh, play to earn ecosystem, uh, gaming ecosystem. You know, we now have music that is tokenized and essentially could be put into games, could put in, put in experiences, put into digital shows. Uh, the flexibility we have now that the songs are tokenized is, is kind of endless. So, you know, you're kind of, again, you're buying into the, the story of an artist and taking a bet on an artist, but you're also hopefully augmenting your experience as you uh, you get involved in more play to earn or, or, or metaverse based uh, products as well over time now this, this contract with the rarity you're talking about sounds super interesting just curious to know like how did you guys develop that on the back end was that something that nifty helped you with or did you guys 
find kind of like contract developers to get all this data and link it to the blockchain? Yeah, so the great question. Uh, the, the, the nifty component was like our, our ticket. It was the ability, you're, you're on Friday, in a couple of days, you'll be able to burn your ticket and mint your relic on our own smart contract. That was that. designed by uh, Illustrator. Uh, oh, he, shit. Yeah, he, I, he built that. I thought you like that. Yeah, oh, so, so I Tim, did not know Tim, that. Tim built out the smart contract for the mint. And then the uh, the data integration is, is more on the MonsterCat side because we're taking in all the Web2 data. Um, yep. And then we'll just do a state change of the NFTs once they've hit the uh, the achievement. Um, uh, we're still kind of over time. I think we'll evolve that that process and improve it because at the moment it's not like, you know, the day it changes state, it it updates. We'll have to do like a full metadata update of the whole collection. Yeah. Um, but we're figuring these things out. The reality is our season one is only fifteen hundred NFTs total. I know we could have done five thousand. I know we maybe could have done ten thousand. But the reality of a season one is like you're you're working out a lot of you know kinks to figure out a long exactly. term you yeah. know a long term strategy here. So I'd rather it be you know smaller with the right collectors who believe in the concept and project and, and build over time with them as season two, season three come out. I mean, conceptually, it's such a brilliant idea. Like, you know, linking those those two things together, the rarity, you know, if the if the music does good, you know, the rarity of of your NFT starts to change. Like conceptually to me, that's really interesting. I think from a a on-ramp perspective too having the ticketing system instead of having people, you know, have gas wars or whatever when it comes time to mint is just sublime. Like just for other people to not know, like the Genesis idols, when you guys minted those, you didn't really say what all you were getting with these. They were $200. And if you got one, basically in the future, you were basically getting a free relic with that. Mm-hmm. And then it allowed you to also enter other raffles at different tiers, right? That where you could also get a, an additional whitelist. Actually, sold mine. I bought one for two hundred bucks. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so check this out. I owed Larry some money, and I was like, ah, I should probably just go ahead and pay him. I sold my Genesis Idol for twenty six hundred dollars, and I think the next day is when they shot up to four grand, and then you know up to ten grand at this point. You were an all time high sale for six hours. Yep. Yeah, but. <laughs> Thankfully, the um, the end of everything, or the end is the beginning, saved me because I entered the collector raffle and still was able to get um, a relics ticket. I think Larry got one on public. Yeah, no, well, no, it was I. I got a. I picked up a floor monster cat. I don't even know what I picked up just to buy a ticket to maybe get a ticket. So <laughs> hey, it, it worked out. It worked yeah. out. It worked out. The numbers worked. It worked out. No, that's awesome. I, I'm really happy to hear that. I, I know in the days leading to the raffle, it was crazy seeing Nifty Gateway. We owned like the front page of Nifty Gateway for multiple days straight, just constant uh, cat, <laughs> yeah. cats. Cats were everywhere. There were so many cats. <laughs> you had notifications on. Like <laughs> after I sold it, I was still getting notifications about, oh, that was rough. About the but, sales, yeah. Dude, uh, you got to shut that shit off. It's too painful. I already, tr- I did turn it off. But it was like a GLB file, right? It was like 3D. You could manipulate it in the browser, which was sick. Like, I don't think there's been any other ones on Nifty Gateway like that. I only no, know of one on, on Hen that I own, but that's it. This was built specifically for the drop with Nifty's team. Again, I love nice. working with them. They We brought forward the idea that we we're going to start building these 3D models out. Um, and actually, we didn't tell them at that point how they were going to be used for music in the future. But they were open to the idea. They, they built the tech. Um, it worked you know, worked on OpenSea as well. So it's, it's given us a lot of flexibility for like future idols now to, to get creative. Were there any like 
inspiration from other projects? Anything specifically that like once you saw it was like, all right, we need to find a way to kind of get creative and incorporate in this into what we're doing or completely shun it. <laughs> uh, I think it, there's honestly, it was little bits of inspiration from everything. I, I've minted, you know, probably a thousand NFTs at this point. So you can't not be inspired by the way you know people have done either drop mechanics or the way they've, um, they built out the community or whatever it might be. Like I, I learned along the way. Musically, when we first started developing this, there weren't a lot of you know things to to learn from. It was it was really only the catalog was out, Audius was as a streaming platform was out, but there wasn't a lot of options to even you know pick through because we we've been developing this for about eight months now. Uh, so eight months ago, yeah, there was there just wasn't much in music. Now there's more things that are all rolling out all at once. Um, I guess there's this, there's a real movement wave right now for music NFTs. But uh, no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to say there was any one project that inspired it. I'd say a lot of the inspiration really came from what we've had to build in web two with different games and platforms and realizing that, you know, it's really hard to work with some of these partners if they're like, hey, provide us your assets. And it's like, well, you know, we don't have like a 3D model or an asset that we can just kind of hand to everybody to work with everything kept on being you know created custom for the project and really that's not it's not really that sustainable it'd be nice if we had an, a, a bank of assets that we could be working with everyone to do and, and that's kind of one of the thought process behind idols is like this should be easier now to integrate partners because we're going to have flexible files and, and they can manipulate them whatever way they want in the, their games um so yeah that that kind of inspired that part but the inspiration behind the relics themselves their addition, they're they honestly just like addition art pieces. So I'm gonna give credit to 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 the artists on Nifty Gateway for you know inspiring us on what an addition art piece could look like and why that's so exciting and why you know it, it's it doesn't not everything has to be a one of one to to feel like you're part of the artist journey. Because for a long time I couldn't afford one of ones at all. So I, I loved the addition uh, concept and that was that was very fresh to me you know a year and a half ago. Yeah, and I asked that question too because it's like um, there's a lot of stuff that you guys have rolled out that to me it's been it's like oh shit that's cool I haven't really you know seen that type of structure or whatever you want to call it implemented or or you know I I guess when you're rolling this out too what what are like your you know musical talent or or really anyone from an artist perspective what are those conversations like with um, people that you want to kind of integrate into it I think the conversation varies you know the people are in a different time in their journey uh, they're they're all learning in their own way and, and some are like really engaged and you know they, they're already set up with their metamask and they're you know asking can we do on-chain royalties and they like they really know what they're at they're talking about yeah. but in the majority of the cases it's like artists have no idea, no idea. they're still they're still afraid because they saw on twitter that their content would get stolen and, and they, they just, it's so much like fear and, and, and misconceptions that you really got to work through when you're, you're kind of explaining to people but i think also you know importantly being open-minded to the fact that there are some things that, you know, I don't love about the NFT ecosystem that we could all do better and hearing out their concerns early on in the process, hopefully means that we can, you know, build and, and go in a direction that, you know, is not just closed minded to the fact that there are other people out there in the world that are seeing it differently than we are. Um, so it's been, it's been great to, to have these conversations, but yeah, as I said, it, recognizing that everyone's at a different stage in their journey and, and, uh, some are going to be super excited and, and ready to go. And some are going to be like more hesitant, cautious and need a lot more handholding. Yeah. I think there's just a lot, like, especially now it feels like there's so much misinformation out there, especially like, you know, on um, what's that, what's that social media platform, TikTok or whatever. Um, of just like, yeah. Of just like all the PFP projects that, you know, have taken off in the oh, last yeah. six, five or six months and, 
you know, people shitting on NFTs because of that. It's kind of like, you know, 99% of those projects are just mimics of, you know, like crypto punks and board apes. So I think a lot of people looking in from the on in from the outside are like, why are people even involved in this? But then as soon as you show them art NFTs or like people who create like actual art, it's like, oh shit, this is actually some cool stuff, you know? Yeah, we're, anywhere we look though, we're going to find whether it's in the traditional art world, new art world, that you're going to find copycats, you're going to find scammers, you're going to find bad actors. Like the reality is if, if every time we, we wrote off an entire subset of art because of, you know, a subset of people who are doing it wrong, uh, then we wouldn't be, there'd be no evolution. There'd be no creative. Uh, so yeah, I, I like to point out to people when they like say like, hey, look at this copycat of this project. This is such a scam. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But like, I'm going to show you 10 others that I think are really innovative, that are yeah. unique. Uh, and if anything, the fact that 10 copycats popped up overnight is just further proof that what they were doing is dope. It is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imitation is like the, the finest form of flattery, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure you felt this as an artist yourself in this space. And you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, it's kind of feels a little bit biting my style, but you know, it is what it is. I I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my own, you know, my vision and I'm going to keep on building it. Exactly. Yeah. Still the wild west out there. I saw a tweet today that uh, somebody had created a 10K project and like pumped it really hard on Twitter and got it up to like 25,000 followers for really quickly and then let everyone know that it was just like a social experiment. He's like, look what I could do to make you guys all think that, you know, you're about to mint this project with all this hype and community behind it. And he's like, I could have made a website in 15 minutes and drained, you know, a million dollars worth of ETH out of people. You just have to do your own research. I mean, people bang that into your head but like it's true and what you know like you really have to know what you're getting into before you do it in crypto you would never generally you wouldn't go out there and and buy a random token with no no prior research no understanding of what's going on like why why is that okay and nfts to take that that same mindset of just like you know use your brain a little bit do some digging here i think that what you just described from a an art project is 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 beautiful like it is it is a unique a way to show like some of the flaws here and some of the downsides because at the end of the day especially with this new model where everything is an allow list to get on and like that's all people people are just farming these allow list spots all the time i i i truly believe that they don't know what they're getting nine times out of ten <laughs> like, I, I got the allow list so i'm buying like it's gonna like, 10x it's like what what is, what is this yeah i hate that game it's a terrible game to play where people are just grinding in these discords like trying and trying to they don't even know what they're minting. They don't care because it's just like, well, I know if I get the whitelist and the public's going to be at least like 0.1 more than me, and maybe I can just flip it right away. And it's like, but was it worth your time? Like, <laughs> it sounds terrible. And I promise that the, the regret you're going to have when, when you do miss the, the right project because you didn't have the conviction because you took that 0.1 on the time where you should have held. Uh, speaking as somebody at one point who had five Genesis peoples and now only has one. <laughs> We all know the hurt. We, I mean, you gotta get burnt. To oh, we've all been there, man. We're yeah. all green, though. Yeah, it, it, you gotta learn at some point. So, you know, there's a, the, the rate of people coming in right now is the fastest it's ever been by far. I can tell by the way these like discords and WhatsApps and you know friends and cousins and brothers of cousins and friends like they're all just all at the same oh, time right now. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna learn in their own way. Could you imagine, though, if all these PFPs didn't pop up and that liquidity was like in art right now? Like if this many people were buying NFTs last year when it was popping off, like 
we could have seen exponential growth, but all this stuff will shake out in the end. I feel like. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, I think we are seeing, uh, you know, as people go through, again, through that journey, maybe the easiest thing to understand is PFPs. Um, True. Because it's like, this is my clout. I can put it up on display photo. You know, it's harder to understand digital collectibles. I even I even saw with like idols and relics, you know, the idea that this isn't something you put up as your profile photo was like weird for people. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do, what do I do off. with this? Like, my, I'm going to make my idol my profile photo. Like, get it, buddy. <laughs> I'm totally into it. But, you know, people have to wrap their heads around it. And I think that they'll go through the journey and they'll end up in, in an appointment and a subset of people will say, you know, I, I really like PFPs, but like I really believe in in connecting with artists and 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 owning digital art, and especially when they get to the one on one stage, like that's where like a lot of light bulbs kind of kind of switch. It, it's it's it takes a lot to get to that point, not even just from a financial level, but just from like a you know understanding level. And I think a lot of people will get there. Am I saying it's going to be hundred percent of these people collecting right now? Not a chance. Uh, but it doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> as long as we're creating and building a new a new form of our sustainability for artists, visual and musical. Uh, then we're we're moving in the right direction here. How do you envision like um, I see the the relics as kind of like a metaverse asset, right? So like inside of the metaverse, do you see like the the relic sitting on a shelf and then you can play the music directly out there, or do you like go up to a Monster Cat record player and like put your relic on? Like how do you envision that like going down? I, I think the the first the most basic example is the first Genesis Idol. Like it looks like a jukebox and it functions like a jukebox. Um, but the, the, the fact is idols can look like anything. Idol, an idol could look like a hoodie. Maybe if you own a certain relic and you own the certain hoodie, you, your character plays music as you walk around. It's kind of like your theme song. Gotcha. It could look like, it could look like a festival stage. Like it could build a massive Coachella stage. It's an idol. And, and when you, when you, you know, walk up to the yeah. DJ decks, you can then play your relics to people in the crowd. Like those are really metaverse kind of focused thought processes. But the reality is guys, is music as a layer can integrate into nearly anything. Uh, that's the beauty of, of music. It's it's not such like a, a brand um, integration. It's, it's like a, a secondary in a way. Uh, so what we build with the Relic ecosystem, I think, is you know endless possibilities. Uh, and we've proven with the history of Monster Cat's partnerships team that we can do this and do it at scale. So you know what can we now do in Web three? I, I, you know, I'm excited to see where we're at a year from now. Yeah, that's exciting, man. I can't wait to see where it all goes either. Music is, is critical to our lives. I, I don't think there's anybody in this call who hasn't heard music in the last, you know, 24 hours in some capacity, whether it's a direct primary listening experience, a secondary experience of like, I have it on the background while I'm playing a video game, cooking, cleaning, or it could be even like a tertiary where like you're, you're out in a, in a public place where, you know, you didn't have any say in the matter, but music's still part of your life. And, and I just hope that uh, in Web3, we, we make sure that music is discoverable and a part of people's general experience as well. And this is not grocery store music either. We're talking EDM, right? Like, what is the range here that we're talking for the artists that you guys have? Yeah, it's, it's the first season is all electronic. Uh, we have a, I'd say half the music is very much a club banger festival oriented and half of it's more um, melodic, uh, some pop crossover, um, catchier type music. Uh, but the reality of Relics as a platform uh, I don't think it needs to be an electronic music platform, nor does it have to be a solely Monster Cat music platform. The idea of what we're creating here, I, I believe we could open up to other artists, other record labels, other genres. Um, that, that's when we've truly made an impact on the music industry and, and Web3 is once we can start bringing people into this uh, ecosystem. That's awesome. Use it as a model for everyone else. Like, look what we've done here. Yeah. 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 
uh, and uh, artists want this. They want a way to co connect with super fans. They want a way to, to monetize their music. Uh, also, they want a way that musicians and visual artists can actually grow together. Like the Relics business model has royalties for both the visual artist and the musician, which has really never occurred before in the music industry. It's generally the, the, the visual artist has paid a contract and you know after that project's over, it's over. And the musician is continuously building their career and generating new royalty streams, but the visual artist doesn't take part. But with the Relics ecosystem, you know, both sides are, are, are kind of playing together, uh, which hopefully will you know, in some ways mend the relationship between the visual and the musical side that I don't think has ever been perfectly aligned. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to solve for that as well. Interesting perspective because, uh, man, I used to hate working for musicians, except for, <laughs> except for Blau. I mean, <laughs> I good caveat. <laughs> but I mean, 99% of my income, you know, was music related or working for, for musical artists. And man, it was never an easy job. <laughs> but and it was always like you got paid shit money too you know like you had to take on five or six clients a week to make maybe i wasn't charging enough i don't i don't know but yeah it was just a it was just a painful experience but now that you're saying like mend you know mending that relationship i think is is really important when it feels more collaborative for you know a visual artist to be participating in the music like that's that can be a really powerful experience for the artist you know the reality is that the the business model for music has never been great in general so it when it's not great on the music business model side of course it's not going to be great for the way that the the the, the financial relationship on the visual side is it's like it, the it trickles it's a trickle down effect so I'm, I'm hoping that as we create these new new ways to develop sustainability for for musicians it also you know benefits and and the the visual side as well and maybe we'll stop seeing the uh yeah that, that historical feeling that you had uh, yeah. your time in the music industry do you like pair people up you're like you know i think you guys would work well together or does a musician say hey i really like this artist and i'd like them to work on my album art or like how do those relationships start i wouldn't say there's any like one size fits all some some musicians come forward and they're like this is my visual designer they do everything this is my project this is my album art i'm like okay cool in some cases it's like you know, they're incredible musicians but they're struggling to, to kind of bring forward the visual component maybe the the uh uh, music video or the uh, lyric video, whatever it might be, and they're, and they're struggling. And that's when we can sometimes pair them up. Um, but again, I think we just need to get everyone's incentives aligned. You know, if visual artists now know, well, if I'm on the Relics project, I'm generating, you know, a perpetual royalty to work with musicians. It incentivizes visual artists to come forward to want to work with musicians. And musicians are now saying, well, and this is my, again, my theory, if their NFT is performing well, because maybe the, the visual artist is known or maybe the visual is just so incredible itself that their NFT is, is outperforming other uh, relics in the ecosystem. Now they're incentivized as well to, to get the best visual artists they can work with. So at the end of the day, I'm hoping that it means that there's just higher caliber of, of art that's coming out from, from both sides because the, their incentives are finally aligned now. Would you ever consider like Monster Cat as being a label for visual artists as well, like up and coming visual artists, or are you sticking specifically to, to music and gaming? I think we've, we've, we've talked about it. Uh, 
the reality is, is like, we're at capacity. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do so much. We have so many departments. We have such great team members, but there's just so much on our plate. I would much rather work with, you know, a handful of great agencies that might want to either utilize our accounting systems or, uh, you know, be more built directly into the Relics ecosystem and then just have a better relationship that way um, than try to build it ourselves, but don't get me wrong. I, I have definitely thought about it before. I'm like the, the record label, indie record label model for musicians, you could bring into the NFT ecosystem uh, in, in, in some ways. And I think uh, there's some artists out there that want and need the help within their careers. It just needs to be done in a you know, fair, transparent manner. And that's kind of how we've always built MonsterCat. You know, we've been a, a 50-50 license with monthly accounting, full transparency on statements since pretty much the first month of the label, which if anyone's worked in the music industry, they know that that's just unheard of uh, for record labels. So I think that that level of transparency, that level of developing talent, you know, could absolutely be done in, in the visual side as well. Uh, just probably not by I'm, us. I'm curious to see if more, if there'll be more people trying to take that approach now that, you know, visual artists kind of have had such a good year with NFTs, if that model will be, you know, switched over with, with NFT artists. I, I've already seen it whether it's via managers or agents. Um, now, the idea of the label side, label might not be necessary if you've got a great manager or a great, a great agent that's bringing the opportunities. It, it just depends you know, what can be done at scale. Think about a record label is they can distribute content on a global level and, and every DSP possible, every different means of discovery possible. Uh, there's a lot of that can be done to push music further. So it'd be interesting to see like what resources are needed to take the visual artists and, and, and break them on that global level as well, which might become a, a bigger conversation mm -hmm. as NFTs become more uh, mainstream and global. Right now, Pez, like the reality is, I think it's, it's like, it's like 5,000 wallets actively trading on, on most marketplaces at any given time. It's like still so small. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like a little, it's, it's minuscule. Absolutely. Somebody should find that exact stat because I don't remember the exact one. I just remember thinking to myself that. Like, wow, it feels like there's so much more, so many more people in here. Yeah, let's look out my window, and there's more people right now looking out the window. <laughs> I think it was Art Gnome that might have retweeted like uh, Venn diagrams of different uh, marketplaces and their users between like Super Rare and Maker's Place, Super Rare and Known Origin. It seemed like a lot of them did have about like five thousand users or so. I think Maker's Place has like thirteen thousand. Um, I'm not sure if they had OpenSea on there. I would imagine there's more on there, possibly. Mm -hmm. And then Nifty Gateway obviously wasn't in there either, which probably has the most users of any, I would imagine. Yeah, well, we should, we should find that, that exact stat. I'm very curious now. <laughs> we don't bring real truth facts here, so we can <laughs> we just make everything up. That was a quote tweet, which may or may not be true that yeah. I just quoted. So yeah, we're both going to end up like in some headline. <laughs> yeah. Do your own research. I think the thing we can all agree on, though, is that the, the market is still quite small and all things considered. Yeah. So what's like the, uh, because you guys have been so tactical and how you've been rolling out this, this project and, and how you guys are, you know, moving with the space. What's the timeline um, like on releases? Do you guys already have like dates set or targets or is it kind of still be sitting in a bit of a flexible position? What can I share? Um <laughs> I like that. Yeah, this won't come out till Monday, so it'll be after the initial. Uh, well, the se the season two won't be for quite some time. Uh, yeah, it, it could be in the, probably months. Uh, I know that we've got it, the most of the assets and the artists lining up and 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 kind of forming for the season two. But 
still months. And then we have the, the, the idle designer uh, pretty much locked and loaded. So that's, that's being developed as we speak. But again, the focus right now is like getting season one out, actually building the utility, making sure it's all functional, making sure that we've got it in the hands of all of our partners and the, especially in the gaming and play to earn ecosystem and, and start rolling out those, those partnerships is kind of the, the sole focus long before I, I even consider um, getting season two out there. But we've learned a lot from this process up to date so far. So yeah, I'm not, and, I'm, not, I'm not in a rush. I think we, what we've learned too, or what we've learned from people telling us is don't put a date on it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't, just don't promise a date. Well, that, was, that was my experience from web two though. It's like, I learned what it actually takes to get these things yeah. done. And, and it, it would be asinine of me to be like, yeah, it'll be exactly on this date. <laughs> May 5th. Yeah. May 5th. <laughs> We'll just bleep that out so that actually people think there is a date. <laughs> the date is beep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain what the quests are that are going on right now? Yeah, the quests are, are basically are like our our engagement and uh, achievement system. Um, they'll be they'll be built on an L two on Polygon and more as a way to just identify the community members who either were early or supported in, in novel ways. Uh, it's just good for us to keep track of, of all these ETH addresses and the people. Um, and then in the future, we'll, we'll use them for different different means. And I, I don't want to say exactly what they'll be used for yet, but it, it's, it's just important to know like who was there early on and who supported you. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what the quest, the quest system is. Yeah, I think the first quest was um, first thousand followers, right? On yeah, Twitter. Oh, yeah, thousand Twitter followers. And then the yeah. second quest was our oh, first 5,000 on Discord. So we, we've got a, you know, a list of 6,000 uh, ETH address or, whatever the crossover is crossover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause I got both of those. Yeah. You got both. <laughs> yeah. So over, over the, you know, over the years, year plural, you know, we'll, we'll continue to roll out quests. And, and as we, uh, as we do more projects in the space, we now have a list of people we can go back to. So instead of like that, that allow list system, that's always like, you know, every day you're going to do something. It's, you know, we can, we can already start setting up these lists in advance based upon, you know, actual people's engagement. Nice. This sounds like a kind of self-functioning in a way where, you know, the it's community driven and everything's pretty thoughtful. So I just have, like the long-term outlook of it. You know, a lot of these projects, you don't feel the long-term aspect of it, like right off the bat, even if they're like, yeah, we have a roadmap. We'll tell you about it later. Like, that's fine. A lot of people can get away with that. I feel like this is a repeatable thing that, you know, that can continue long into the future with iterations and improvements along the way. Like, you can already see the roadmap laid out in front of you without it actually having to be spelled out, you know? That's, again, the, the, the learning experiences from these projects is that I, I think a lot of these roadmaps I read are fluff that are just to be there because you had a roadmap. It, yeah. it, it doesn't actually add to the value of the, the, the utility of the project, the future of the project. And to be honest, if your roadmap is a copy-paste of another project to a T of like- Roadmap 2.0. Like it also doesn't help anybody. So I don't expect that with relics, we're going to have like these glaring timeline roadmaps. I think the, the difference here is this is coming from a team of people who've proven over an 11 year process that you, you build what you say you're going to build um, and you get it done. And we, the history is there. It's not like we're a nons who are coming out and promising the world. It's like, no, we're actually, we do these things. It's what we do. I'm kind of laughing to myself because as Tyler was explaining it, I was getting a flashback to like when it was like starting to hit me, like how this project works and like in me and Tyler and another buddy, we will collect stuff together. And we were just like talking about this and, and like, Oh yeah, this is got something that's got some long-term value. It should, you know, 
all right, I'm going to sell it. Fucked all that up. All right, dude, this is good. This is something where we're in a good spot. You got the idol. Yeah. Well, sometimes you need liquidity. I I get it. I've, you know, we've all taken those moments where you need liquidity. Lately, actually, it seems like this market's so crazy right now. Everything is a liquidity moment. You always need more ETH for some mint, but fortunately there's always ETH available from another project. So (laughs) I'm not not even sure if my ETH stack is growing or I'm just like jumping from... (laughs) one bucket into another one until I get progged big enough on one of them to wipe all yeah. the who knows. <laughs> so like I got some ETH and then I got like these offers that I could accept and then like I would have that money but <laughs> and then you throw yeah. Tez in there and we're all like sending Tez or ETH or Venmo to each other to like settle our debts and stuff. It's outrageous. <laughs> I saw a great tweet yesterday. It was a ETH is the worst currency. Uh, whenever I have any it just turns into JPEGs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't hold ETH. Like ETH is not something that I have as like an investment because it's just spending money. Like I can't hold it. <laughs> well, you need like just a, a vault that you just like, in the I vault. just keep the Bitcoin yeah. and the mana. That's what I'm trying to grow. And then I'll spend the ETH and Tez like a madman. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like a math problem where we like had everything right. And then you can go back and got the wrong answer. Pinpoint that one spot. Like, oh yeah, you sold your right over. I'm just glad I can't spend Bitcoin on anything. That's why that <laughs> stays there. Like, don't get me started on Decentraland. Like, I can't open it up. I'm scared I'll spend my mana. Oof. What a weird like that entire sentence I just said. If I said that a year ago, I'd punch myself in the face. Like, what does that even mean? Go go to the bar tonight and walk up to somebody and be like, yo, hear me out. <laughs> see what see what they have to say. <laughs> what is mana? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's it listen, at the end of the day, this has just been fun. It's all it is. It's been fun. 100%. And guys, come on. We went through a global pandemic. It's probably our first global pandemic. You know, we didn't get that. Like, imagine we didn't have this. Like, I know. It was a spring. Would you have been? I guarantee you I would have lost my mind if I didn't have something new to learn about and meet new people and get on podcasts and laugh and joke about, you know, what our situation is. This has kind of been like life-saving in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd awesome. be in a different place now if this didn't happen. Like, I just thoroughly enjoy what we do. Like, I, it's just a great time. Thanks, yeah. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> silver lining. It's it's truly a silver Seriously. lining. I wouldn't have met half the people I've met in the last two years if it wasn't for this. Because the reality is, like, music industry was very much an in-person. We go to shows together. We party together. Like, you know, go to office meetings. I don't think I, I wouldn't have grown my my network and my relationships to this like this of scale if I was sitting at home every day. Uh, and we were forced to. And I'm sure you guys remember like Clubhouse was kind of like that turning point. Clubhouse. Oof, so it was yeah. like early Clubhouse. Like this was like early COVID. And we were just, and every country and every city was in a complete total lockdown. And some was worse than others. If you were in like New York at that point, you you weren't leaving your apartment. Yeah. Um, so it it was it was a turning point for all of us and it built friendships and relationships to this day that we still are close from clubhouse it's strange to think about yeah twitter spaces kind of put the nail in that clubhouse (laughs) often huh i guess yeah i don't it doesn't feel the same though man the relationships don't feel quite the same either like i don't know what it was about clubhouse but and maybe it was just because we were all so fresh and we all knew nothing yeah uh that it that it kind of we all connected so much i'm not sure yeah, what like what do you think like what ended Clubhouse? Is it just like people started going out again and yeah. didn't really need didn't need to use it anymore? I don't know. It was so weird. It was like at one day it just 
I didn't go on Clubhouse ever again. <laughs> I went in the wrong Clubhouses, I think, because I didn't enjoy it very much. Not that I enjoy Twitter Spaces much more either. I think we're just we're boomers. I'm like a podcast is recorded. I can listen to it in my own time. I don't want to have to like, oh, I got to be here at seven o'clock to listen to this. I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it was part of it was, yeah, right. The world started opening again, but also maybe the realization that Clubhouse is as an entire ecosystem and app could just be a feature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's true. Because like, like, it just like clicked in our brain. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you can just bolt this onto anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your extension. You can have a relic that's just a clubhouse room. You can come and join my clubhouse on my relic. <laughs> We've talked about like what what's possible with idols as a technology. Like, there's no reason why an idol or we that like you have an idol in your you say in your metaverse in your home that we could have a relic that was like a radio feed. Like, it's possible to do that if you own the yeah. the relic in your 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 wallet that if you engage with the idol, all of a sudden it just opens the radio feed. So you know, there, there's definitely you know new ways we can use this technology that we haven't thought of yet um, that involves audio. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe it is like a, a private clubhouse type experience <laughs> opens up where like you can only hear the people like around that idol kind of chatting. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. even know what's possible yet. Walkie talkies. Yeah. Next yeah. time, two ways. <laughs> right. Just two, two cans and a string. <laughs> that's we'll that's the next the idol. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this idol. It's just two cans and a string. <laughs> <laughs> two cans and a string in the metaverse. And that's yeah. just amazing. You, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get Mike to design it. There we go. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Two cans and a string. That's super easy, man. I take that take me 10 minutes. <laughs> That'd be a shoestring though. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, as long as Clubhouse gets its credit for Twitter spaces, then I think someone needs to at least acknowledge. But yeah, they were there first. We'll give them that. Yeah, they they crawled yeah. so Twitter Spaces could run. It is crazy though. Like, I see like Shiny's show. Like, eleven a.m. is almost like in the mornings. Like week, weekdays, it used to be like Price is Right. You're homesick. You know that's on at eleven. And like now, I just like know that oh, Shiny's going to be on at eleven. <laughs> today. So it's, it's it's perfectly timed. Uh, every yeah. day when I go for a coffee walk, I'm like, okay, I'll just like tune into this and Ben and Herb and. You know, just getting at it with the people. So it's cool. It's a new model of entertainment. So it's just, I'm just curious to see like where, where, where it goes, like if how far these brands can be pushed because they, they start here, but all of a sudden, you know, and you could be syndicated onto a major, you know, media brand at some point. Who knows? I don't know where any of this is going yet. 100%. They've got the audience for it. 100%. Oh man, this has been great, man. I, um, thank you for your time. I, I, I don't, and our timing was terrible because yeah. now, uh, it's coming out on Monday and, you know, relics are minted on Friday, so get them on secondary, losers. <laughs> Should have been last week. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that all nah, up, too. I like that. Now we're keeping it low-key. Keep keep the slow rollout. Yeah, we don't want anybody to think we're pumping our bags or anything. <laughs> <laughs> our bags, well, our tickets. <laughs> uh, tickets, you don't have an idol yeah. anymore. Yeah, I know. Just a ticket. The idol's <laughs> coming. Just gas, right? Well, there will be a season two idol. Uh, There'll never be another Genesis, but we'll have a season two idol. So hopefully you'll take part in that one. That Genesis one, do you get, you get a mint ticket for every season, right? That's the key there. Yeah. So that's where I was like, you got to get your back. Someone's going to get it back. (laughs) I I can't afford it anymore. (laughs) I see liquidity. Where does liquidity go? (laughs) 
I'm telling you, the global offers that were coming in at like seven grand, I was I would text Larry and Mike every time, be like, "Look what I've done." But you would text a screenshot, yeah, of, <laughs> of my email, and I'd be like, "Dude, why is that still on your phone?" I'm just <laughs> flag self flagellation. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's painful when that happens. I, I think I've disabled all of my my notifications on those things, so I don't feel bad anymore. Yeah, I I refuse to look at board apes anymore. Like I can't even, it's too painful to look at. Oh man, you're telling me. I did, I did 35 of them. I have zero right now. Oh, you had 35? Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> two, two top 50s. Stop. Oh um, man, yeah. I actually probably, I think I remember seeing your name on some of those, uh, yeah, you, some of those transaction chains. I mean, so, I, I, yeah, I was, I was going in like crazy. I, I mean, I had, like, I had 15, but not 35, but still, that's a lot of apes if I held on to them. How many did you give away? 14. <laughs> Out of the how are you for giving them away? That's all. I think I, I don't think you really gave one away. So good on you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did them to like before like drops that we would do in my Discord. I'd just be like, we would do giveaways. Those are the yeah. Playboy collection. You gave yeah, them to people to Playboy. use as their avatars. SSX Blau. You gave them to people to, you, to use as their avatars in clubhouse rooms. Yes, I did. Here, you I did. take this I did. use it as your avatar. <laughs> that's that's a beautiful story, though. Like, those, those, hopefully it wasn't going to, like, major collectors who already had 28. Hopefully that was, like, somebody's ability yeah, to purchase a home. You know? I mean, so, you know what? Actually, somebody, somebody that I did give an ape to sold it for a significant amount of money and is going to put a down payment on a house. So that made me nice. very fucking happy. I was yeah. like, all right, well... I guess if that was worth it, I am your God. You know, someone who needed it. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful story, and that's that's the type of relationship with fans that is possible in Web three, uh, and those the stories you can develop together. So I think I think that's that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I meanwhile I was flipping them for two ETH each, thinking I was a genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on the early. We had I I made sure to record uh, the morning uh, of when I I bought an ape because. They were just flying. It was literally the next day. Like point four. It was a Saturday morning, and I'm like, "Yeah, Tyler, you should probably get one of these." And he's like, "No, no, no, not one of these. No, and I'm still coming from a place of selling like a 50x too early." But uh, I, I made sure to record Tyler explaining why he didn't want an ape, so that will forever be on <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. I, I still have not bought an animal profile picture project. No, I, I like refuse to. I've had, I've had that's of all. That's <laughs> a point or another. You should write a medium post. <laughs> AMA. I hate animals. Welcome to my dead talk. <laughs> it's crazy what's possible now with these PFP projects that are they're becoming full media companies, brands, tech platforms. Like yeah, anything's possible. Like you get video games. Like it's just creative people are, are doing creative stuff. And as I said before, you know. You pick the right one that that actually becomes something, and and that's that's a game changer. You, you guys could have had your own town of apes. Could have. Could have had a yacht. Fifty to ten. I, what do you mean? I could have, have bought a town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver is now yeah. Darlington, Canada. Man, there's a couple that like I'm gonna forever just like I I see them pop up online as like. This somebody's like, this is my grail ape. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> Bastard. Just over two ETH. Yeah. Yeah. 
traded it for a Zedron horse. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't hold mine, dude. Uh, Justin Blau minted it, it, and I was like, oh, this is good. I'll keep this forever. And then <laughs> I sold it on my birthday. Like, oh, this is great. That's a, it's a lot of money. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Yeah. It was so, it was such a non, it was a bottom uh, 80 rarity ape, just a regular guy. I actually traced him back and someone fucking stole him from the kid that bought it from the bot that bought it from me. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm like, all right. Well, He's got a storied past. He's quite the board ape. Yeah. He's just has a vest. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's the most bored ape. He was the most bored ape. Fuck. All right. I think we got to stop talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I, my heart rate is starting to. Uh, right yeah, we're all going to march off screen here. Yeah. So, and we appreciate your time, Darlington. Like, we'll we'll definitely see you around Twitter, see you in the discords, and look forward to minting on Friday, man. Thank you, and thank you for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy these just like fun conversations, chatting about life, and, and you're all great people. And I'm really happy that we're going to keep building in this space together. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Thanks man. It's been awesome to actually finally meet you in person. So. Finally. Next time we'll, we'll have to link like where, wherever the next event is, we're linking. Who's going to be in Vegas? NFT land? I, I oh, I'd like to be. I, I want, if, if nothing else, because I love Vegas, but I also want to support Jimmy and, and his crew. So I might go. I think Tyler's going. With, I'll like, be there a like stick in a bag and, and he's like, going to go try to find some friends by himself. Wait, when, is, when is that? Um, Late March, like the 21st, the 27th or something. I think I'll be there like 24th through the 26th. All right. I'm just going Thursday to Saturday. That's enough of Vegas for me. You can't do much longer than that. No. You're going to be in Vegas on Saturday? Yeah, I want to relax at home on Sunday, dude. Like, <laughs> I need a day. It actually sounds like a pro move. Yeah, it is a pro move. He's, he's, it's not his first time in Vegas. No, I clearly have never been. <laughs> but yeah, you want to be home on Sunday, like in your underwear, yeah. chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Right, Appreciate later, it. <laughs> Damn, that's nifty. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT, that's a nifty, nifty NFT. Before he is fizz, he leaked the plan, Exula worked on Iron Man. How cool is that? Mad Dog Jones, the dude's so fine, he hand draws every single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built a gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man, it's good. Too much lag like a nomad, all his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT
Damn, that's a nifty NFT.